See, I touch on touchy topics and I noticed that you sensitive, but God told me since that this is something so indicative. Something so indicative. Hey guys, so this is the very first episode of the Bible Breakdown and I am Courtney Nicole, the host of it. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you all. God has called me to a higher purpose and I'm so grateful that he's using me as his vessel. I hope that through these words that I'm able to pour into you and just give you a lot of insight about God's word that he has shown me and that he's revealing to me in my life. So I thank you for those of you all who are going to take this journey with me and become a part of the Bible Breakdown community. I'm so glad to have you here and I just hope you all receive this word like never before. So let's get right in. Too. All right, y'all. So this series is called the Breakdown Series because God has been breaking down some things in my life, breaking down some things in his word, and then breaking down some things that he wants me to pour into you all. So that's what we call this the Breakdown Series. This is the first series of the Bible Breakdown. So I'm super excited. And this episode is called the three B's. And so the three B's that God gave me is be holy, behavior, and baptism. So the text that we're in today is called First Peter. So if you all want to turn to your text, open up your apps, open up your Bibles, whatever you want to um, look at to turn to the word. If you want to follow along, that's where we're at. I'm going to give you all some time to turn to it while I turn to mine. And then um, if you want to take notes, you can pull out your journals or anything like that so that you're able to follow the word and take notes on what you feel is evident and vital and pertinent for you to take heed of. But before we begin the word, we shall pray. God, I ask that you allow me to be your vessel and allow you to only speak through me as we go about this podcast. God, I ask that you just pour into people's spirits like never before and truly just show them your light. God, speak through me, allow me to be your vessel and just allow me to say what you desire me to say. Feed them like you desire me to feed them, Lord God. Call on you like never before. As I read this word, Lord God, I just ask that it opens somebody's eyes whose eyes were closed, that it opens somebody's eyes whose eyes were blurred, that it opens somebody's eyes and give them clear vision like never before because you are a mighty God and that is what you do. I speak over this podcast. I speak over the people that are listening that they will be poured into, Lord God, and that they will receive you in all capacities of their lives in all facets. Amen. All right, y'all. So for the text, the first thing that we're going to read is First Peter. But before we get into the text, I'm actually going to give you all a little insight about what the text was about. So in this text, Peter talked about the importance of Jesus Christ. That was the main focus. He was talking about how Jesus Christ saved our lives, how he died on the cross and he was resurrected. And he did all these important things for us. He talked about how our salvation is, is ours because of God because he died on the cross for our sins. So we're grateful for that. So with that being said, he really stressed the importance of that. And that's how we got into the first section, which is called Be Holy. So with Be Holy, this section is 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. And the title is called Be Holy. That's how we got it. And so when God gave it to me, I was like, okay, Be Holy. It stood out to me. And it reads these words. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So when I read this, the first thing that stood out to me is, as obedient children, we have to be obedient to God. It says, don't submit to those things that you did when you were ignorant. Now, when we were ignorant and we didn't know any better, God showed us grace and mercy. And not to say that now that we do know better, or if you do know better, that he can't show you grace and mercy, but God is requiring a different level of obedience. He's requiring you to be holy. He's requiring you to walk in a different light now that you know better. They say, once you know better, you do better, right? So you know better. So God is saying, be holy. Be holy and walk in my holiness. It also said this. It says, 
But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. When I read this, if you know me, you know I love Erica Badu. So I'm over here like, if we were made in his image, then call us by our names. You know, we're like image, like characters. We should be like God. We should reflect the image of him. So when we think about being holy, being like God, being in his presence, being righteous, being as he is, that is what he desires of us, to be in his will. So when God is requiring us to be obedient and submit those things that we didn't use to and stop succumbing to them, then he's requiring us to posture ourselves in a holy mannerism, be holy. You no longer can do those things that you used to do because now you know better. What you did before is not okay to do now. So that's what's being said. So then we go to a different section, but we're still in be holy. It's first Peter two and it's first Peter two, one through three. And it reads, therefore rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. So when I read that, I said, God, you're requiring us to be holy now that we're saved and we know you, but you also are telling us to rid ourselves of certain things. So you're telling us how to be holy. You're giving us instruction. You said, be holy. You said, rid yourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy. These words have negative connotations. And God said, we don't want that. Those things he wants us to rid ourselves of is things that God is requiring you to rid yourself of so that you can walk in his like image and his like characteristics. So with that being said, it also said, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, knowing that the Lord is good. So it said like newborn babies. So new, old, in your journey, regardless of your step in your journey, you should crave like spiritual milk. Once you crave the Lord like spiritual milk and crave his word like spiritual milk, he'll pour into you and you'll walk differently in your salvation. Now, when I read that, the first thing that stood out to me is said, like newborn babies. It didn't say you are a newborn baby. So whether you're old in your journey or new in your journey, a lot of the times when we get old in our journey, we become stagnant. It said like newborn babies. You can be old and receive him like a newborn baby. That's what he's telling you. Walk in your journey, walk in your purpose, be holy, be obedient to his will. So we got that, right? And then it says, we go to a different section. It's still in 1 Peter 2. It's 1 Peter 2, 8, and it says, A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. So God is calling you to be obedient so that you can walk in your purpose and your destiny. A lot of us say we're looking for our purpose and our destiny. God is telling you to be obedient and you will find it. Rid yourself of those things that I told you to rid yourself of. But a lot of the times we don't want to do that because we're stuck in this place where we want to be doing what we want to do. But God is requiring you to be obedient. God, you require me to be obedient, but like it's certain things that I'm just not ready to submit. Like if I be obedient, I can't go to my sneaky link. Like if you told me to be obedient in that area, like God, God is requiring you to be obedient. If you don't, you meet those stumbling blocks. You meet those areas that are knocking you off your pivot. You say you're looking for your purpose. If you're trying to find it, are you being obedient? How many of us are truly submitting all of ourselves to God completely? Are you trusting God in the, for the unfathomable? Are you trusting God to do what you want him to do? Are you trusting God to keep you in his perfect will and his perfect peace? If you are, you have to submit yourself in an obedient way. A lot of the times we get in this place where we're like, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. But no, I don't want that. But it comes with it. It's what's required of you. So you're a seamstress. 
you make beautiful clothing. You make people look dignified and you and you make clothes that make people look posture and position. It look beautiful. You're excellent at what you do. People always give you your credit, right? But you not feeling it as much because you love to do it. You're passionate about it. It's your purpose. You're walking in it. But God is requiring you to stop doing certain things. Uh, you can't go to the party because you've been having so many bookings when you're making so many clothing for a lot of people. So you're like, ah, I'm gonna have to sit this one out because uh, I wanna have fun. I can't go to the sneaky link this time because God is telling me I got a bigger purpose. Are you hearing me? A lot of the times we fail to be obedient and that's why we meet those stumbling blocks, that rock that makes you fall. That thing that keeps you tied up, that thing that keeps you restricted, submit it to God. A lot of us are scared to submit it to God because we're like, God, okay, I trust you. I'm walking in my purpose. I believe you. I'm being holy. But, ooh, God, you asking me to submit something that's real, real touchy, real intricate. Like, I say I want a husband. I say I want a wife. But you said, submit that thing to you. God, God, listen, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust them. I, I don't trust these men. I don't trust these women. Mm, these women in my state. Mm. Ain't no men out here. That's what we think in our minds and stuff like that. We're scared to submit those areas to God. So we succumb to those things that we're not supposed to succumb to. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I let all of that type of stuff get the best of me. It's those, that thing that you need to be obedient in. That thing that you need to submit to God. A lot of the times we find ourselves stuck in that place where we're not obedient and we're not being holy. And then we're asking God, show me purpose. Give me this, give me that. But he said, what are you giving me? I'm asking you to submit yourself holy, but you're failing to do such. Learn to submit yourself to God. I have to do it as well. So when you learn to submit yourself to God, he will give you your purpose and your destiny. I challenge you. Submit those areas that you're scared to submit to God and see how he moves and see how you walk. See how he moves you like never before. I'm telling you because he did it in my life. He'll do it in your life. There's still areas that I have that I struggle with, but God is moving like never before because I'm trusting him like never before. Giving it to him like never before. Listen, you said you wanted your purpose, right? Ain't that what you asked for? Before you clicked on this, before you watched this, you said you was looking for your purpose. You've been asking for your purpose for a long time. God just said, obey my message and you'll receive your purpose. So fall in love with his word. Fall in love with what he's requiring of you. Be obedient to that, even if it feels uncomfortable. God didn't say it was going to be comfortable. He didn't say he was going to like every step of it. He said, rid yourself of those things that I asked you to rid yourself of so that you can walk in your purpose. Be obedient so that you don't stumble. Be holy. So we got to be holy. And then he takes us to behavior. So this is 1 Peter 3. And it's 1 Peter 3, 1 through 5. And it reads, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hopes in God used to adorn themselves. And so when I first read this, I smiled so hard because I actually read this a long, well, not a long time ago, but when I was beginning my journey starting this podcast and starting my other podcast called Pretty Inside and Out. 
And I know you're probably asking, like, what does this have to do with this? But it literally is in alignment. And God gave me a word for my first podcast. It's in alignment with my other vision because God is a God that puts yourself in alignment when you submit yourself to him. God is requiring us to submit ourselves to him in such a way. Now, when I read the first section of this, it said, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over by by your actions and your behavior, not your words. It doesn't say that word for word, but that's what it says. Now, with that being said, a lot of us are hearing it and we hear the word wives, so we're taking ourselves out of context because we're not wives. Well, when I prayed about it, God, God put this in revelation to wives. So as a wife, you're required to know God so well that when you walk in your behaviorism, when you when you are in a position that people will see God through you. Whenever you're in a room, wherever you go, God will, they will see God through you. Now, if you're not a wife, if you desire to be a wife, you desire to be a husband. If you're a child of God, God is requiring you to walk in such a manner that people see you when you walk, when see him when they when you walk into a room. Whenever you walk into a room, they know God is real because of the way you walk and the way you behave and the way you posture yourself. Not because of the words that you're speaking out of your mouth. Not to say that the words that you are speaking are not powerful, but your behavior overrides. Do you have behavior that overrides your words? Because people say, nah, I got to see it to believe it. Your actions got to mimic that. So your behaviorism, your beholiness, okay? What he's asking of you needs to be reflected. So as we're reflecting God and we're showing that behavior, when we walk in the room, people know God, then that's when people, other people start to believe. You'll you grow other people closer by your faith, by your actions, by your behavior. It also says, when, when they see the purity of reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So I read that part because I felt it was very important for us to understand God wants to know what's on the inside. In order to get holy, God needs to know what's on the inside. It's so beautiful because it aligns with pretty inside and out. Like, are you pretty inside and out? Are you handsome inside and out? God is showing you vision and clarity. God is giving me vision and clarity through this word about both of my businesses. Can you see him walking inside and out? What's on the inside? It's important to know. To be holy, to behave in such a mannerism, you got to cleanse yourself inside who are you what's your purpose what are you walking in do you want to find out did he just give you the answer rid yourself okay so we're not worried about the flashiness we're not worried about people looking at us and making sure that we look good all the time we need to worry about what's inside of us because it said the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit is a, is a good worth to God. Great worth to God. God finds that worthy. You don't always gotta be hooting and hollering and be looking all, uh, uh, uh. I mean, it's okay to do that. But the word says a quiet spirit is a great worth to God. It's not about the jewelry. It's not about all that. It's about being holy and behaving in a mannerism where God knows that you're reflecting him, that people know that you're reflecting God, that people see God through you. Okay, so after we got be holy and behavior, then we get baptism. And so when God first gave it to me, I was like, you didn't want us to get baptized first? He said, look, girl, do what I asked you to do. I said, okay, baptism it is. So this is also in 1 Peter 3. It's 1 Peter 3, 20 through 22, and it reads, 
To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Y'all, so the first thing that I took from this is baptism. When you get baptized in that water, it's a symbolism of being saved. So a lot of people don't have an understanding of what baptism is, and I'm sharing it with you. It's a symbolism of accepting the salvation, knowing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and saved you for your sins. It's important to know that. It's also, it said, it's not just cleansing of the dirt. You know, being baptized does purify you, you know, cleanse you of those things, but it's a clear conscience towards God is what it said. That's what we desire, to have a clear conscience towards God. When you get a clear conscience towards God, it's not to say that you're going to be perfect, but it's going to say that you're striving to walk in your will and your purpose. That you're striving and you know that God is your almighty and you know that God is your savior and you know that God is doing all that is transpiring in your life. So you're walking your purpose and you're submitting this to God and you get baptized because it's a symbolism of the salvation. It also read at the very bottom, it said, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this all comes together in the same way. At the beginning, Peter talked about the importance of Jesus Christ. And be holy, we're reflecting the image of God, the image of Jesus Christ. We're being obedient to his will. We're walking in the things that he told us to walk in and submitting those things that he wants us to get rid of. And in behavior, we're posturing ourselves in such a mannerism that people see God through us in any aspect, in any facet of our lives. And as we move through that, we understand the importance of baptism because it, it's a symbolism of the salvation. A symbolism of the salvation. Jesus died on the cross and he was resurre resurrected for us. Saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what it says. So all these beads align and all these beads go together. And I hope they get you through your week. And I hope you understand that the three beads are important because they reflect the importance of Jesus Christ. And they show you exactly what God has for you and what purpose he'll have you walk in. So I ask and I pray before we close out that you submit to yourself to God like never before. But before I pray, I do want to say this. No, I'm not a pastor. Um, no, this isn't in a church. But if you feel led to be baptized, because when God gave me this word, he, he shared with me the importance of baptism. So if you feel led to be baptized, you can do it in your own home. You can accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And you can baptize in your tub. You can baptize in your pool. You can baptize in any water. It's, it's the cleansing, but it's also the conscience towards God. So if you take that water and you pour it on yourself, it's consciously letting yourself know that you're submitting yourself to God. It's letting God know. No one has to know what you're doing. It doesn't have to be a show. It doesn't have to be in public. God wants to know your heart. So with that being said, let us pray. God, I ask that you just cover our spirits and cover our minds from this word that you've just given us. I thank you for allowing me to be a vessel. I thank you for pouring into our spirits like never before. Allow us to walk through our week and walk through our days knowing that you're a mighty God and knowing that you are teaching us, touching us, and showing us how to be holy, behave, and to be baptized. 
I thank you for pouring this word into people who needed to hear it. Lord God, I ask that people are able to receive it and they don't walk away from this word just feeling good, Lord God, but they know you, Lord God, that they receive you throughout their weeks, their days, their months, Lord God, and they just know that you're a mighty God. They see you moving, Lord God. They feel you in their life, Lord God. They want to submit to you, Lord God. They submit those things that they're scared to submit to you, Lord God. They love you. They 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 really show how much that they're willing to go hard for you, Lord God, just as hard as you go for us. I thank you for being a mighty God. I thank you for always being there for us. I thank you for moving in our lives like never before. I thank you for touching our spirits. I thank you for showing us exactly how to move. I ask that as you showed us these three B's that we really reflect throughout, for, reflect them throughout the week. And just show us, God, how to move. Show us how to talk in your presence. Show us how to be holy. Be what you required of us. So who much is given, much is required. And so, God, we submit to you. And we thank you that you poured into us like never before. And I ask that people will only receive what you desire them to receive. Amen and amen. I thank you all so much for watching. This is the very first episode of The Bible Breakdown. And I am Courtney Nicole. Love y'all. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So I speak against any so demonic attacks and I speak life into people.